Okay, people. So it is part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And, yo, we look at a new indie film, right? A little biopic. And then we speak to the producer and star of that film. So, um, yeah, definitely great way to start the year, right? Our first first two-parter, right? So, if you are ready, people, let's get this pop in. Okay, people, so up first is the new film from Kalua Lee. It is Bezos. Okay, people, so I was recently sent a screen for a new film called Bezos, right? Now, you might think, what's Bezos? Is it a science fiction film? No, it's a film about Jeff Bezos, right? The founder of Amazon. Uh, the film is directed by Kua Lee. It is written by uh, Alison Burnett and R.V. Romero. It's based on a book from Tashina Ebanks called Zero to Hero. The film is produced by... Alberto De La Cruz, Armando Gutierrez, and Niha One. It's executive produced by Tracy De La Torre, Omar Soliman, Peter A. Less, Christina Juanas, Nick Friedman, Emilio Estefan Jr., Tracy Della, Trace Della Torre, um, Richard Booth, and Corey Apton. Music is handled by Colin Bell, Tanatad Prokativiv. Hmm, I think I butchered that last surname. Uh, they handled the cinematography. Uh, Colleen Halsey, Richard Halsey, and Joe Rivkin edited the film. Ed Arenas took care of casting. George Goodridge, production design. Set decoration was Mark Dane. Um, and Carol Lopez handled costume design. Uh, Francis Suarez, Angela Fisher, and Susanna Beatoncourt took care of makeup and our cast. Well, Armando Gutierrez was Jeff Bezos. Um, Alex Mitchell played Mackenzie Bezos, his wife. 
right? Emilio Estefan Jr. played his dad, Miguel. Um, we had Elena Quen as Molly Jean Andrews. D.E. Shaw played Marcus Leminos. Uh, Nick Friedman played Shell Cap Cap Capan. Uh, Javon White played Nicholas Lovejoy. Sasha Andrev played Paul Davis. Jacqueline Giss is played by Anne Hernbridge. Uh, George Masterval played George. Sean Woofington plays an executive. Um, Gail Byer played Jeff's grandma. Um, Buzz Fleischman played his uh, granddad. Um, Stuart Marshall plays Charles Allen Morrow. Uh, Josh Willis plays a young Jeff Bezos. Right. Uh, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I think Kevin Sorbo plays. Uh, the CEO of Barnes and Noble, whose name I have completely forgotten. But uh, yes, I think that's it. So the gist is this. It follows Jeff Bezos, then a 31-year-old hedge fund manager who quits his job. With the support of his wife and borrowed money from his father, he moves across the country to launch his dream of creating the world's largest online bookstore. From his dilapidated garage, he and two hardworking techies struggle to find investors and find themselves challenged by the burgeoning internet and CEO of the largest bookstore, Barnes & Noble. All right, so um, yeah. Now, <laughs> there's one thing, right? So in the press back, there's a quote from Marcus Lemonos, right? Um, who I believe works for Vision Films, the the company distributing this. All right, he says this is the never before told story on screen of how Jeff Bezos and Amazon got its start and its founder's relentless pursuit of excellence. As a lifelong investor and entrepreneur, I can identify with Bezos' journey and relentless pursuit of excellence to revolutionize commerce. And we look forward to sharing this movie with audiences worldwide. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you really want to, uh, you know, be <laughs> saying you, because Bezos is an asshole, <laughs> right? He, he doesn't necessarily come across as one of the nicest people, 
there are definitely moments in this film where you're like, that's not good, right? It's an interesting one, right? Because we get to see the beginning, right? The genesis of this journey, which is fascinating, right? Because you always wonder, how did this get started? How did they go about doing that thing? So that's always, yeah, fascinating. And you wonder how much of this is true, right? So it's, you know, as mentioned, it's based on a book, right? Zero to Hero. Which, I mean, I don't know if you, you could really say Zero to Hero, because at the time, right, he's the youngest ever VP uh, um, Crown and Shaw, I believe it was the, the, the name of the uh, investment firm that he worked at, right? Making a big chunk of change. So I don't know if you really would call that a zero, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but with that, you then wonder, okay, so it's based on this book. How much um, access did eBanks have, right? What is her ability to tell this story, right? Did she sit down with Bezos, um, you know? Did she sit down with Mackenzie, with the rest of the people involved in those early days, Right, that I think that's one of the big things because it's just like how much is true, how much is speculation, right? Because I think that has a big impact on what we actually see, right? And the perception of what we actually see. You know, there's I think the story itself, the way it's all the way it's all laid out, right, and brought to us, yeah. That, it it works. Now, there are plenty of gaps. And, you know, like, wait, how did we get to this? Right? And how did we get to that point? I think it's, it's, it's a bit when they're moving, they don't have a place to move to. Right? So we just hear him go, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the moving trucks are all packed. We've got to give them our address in a day's time. And I've never heard of that, right? Every time I've moved, it's been like, okay, this is where we're moving to, right? This is when we need it happening by. So that's all, you know, and I think the 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 way certain things were chosen, like the place to move to, right? There's not really, it just seemed like, oh, uh, I think that will do. Right now, he does it because there's ports and all of that kind of thing, but why that over other places, right? And you know, you got your wife to quit a job, so surely you make a decision with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like some of these things, It'd be, it would have been interesting to 
understand how that happened and understand how she was happy to let that happen. Right? Because we do see an argument, but it's just like there's other things that you could have thought, mm, I'd be a bit pissed about this. Right? Also, it's the decision to quit the jobs. Why not keep the jobs at the beginning? Right? Because you're bringing in some money at least. You know, so the it would be interesting to explore these elements of it. You know? Um, I think Gutierrez and Mitchell do, uh, you know, a good job with, ba the, you know, the Mackenzie and Jeff characters. I will say there, there was some, some of the acting isn't necessarily the best, right? Not terrible, but not as sharp. Right, and I think there are places where the script could give us more, right? Like the the decision on the name and just all of this kind of thing. But, you know, it, it's pretty solid. I hated the score. I hated the score. And not necessarily the music, but just the placement of the music. You know what I mean? Being like, oh, this is a momentous occasion. And you've got the music at the background. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And just things like that. And it's just like, oh, it's too much. Too much. Why do we need this? Like, come on, man. The viewer isn't an idiot. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I think that's probably my biggest complaint about it. Just tone the fucking music down. You know what I mean? We don't need it. Also, I do think that certain moments could have done with a bit more insight, a bit more fleshing out. You know? Like, there's a bit towards the end where there's a, a conversation about founder status and all of that and it just kind of is well this is it and then it's left and it's just like I kind of feel that that character would have had more to say right because surely after that conversation there's issues here but we don't get anything else right so it would be interesting to get more of that kind of thing but as an initial, uh, like, introduction, you know, an insight, an entry-level gaze at what created this, right? What led to Bezos setting up Amazon? Yeah, I think it does a solid job. Does a solid job. As I say, look, we need to know what's true and what isn't. But, you know, this will give you the groundwork. And then you can look and, and see what you believe and what you don't. You know what I mean? But yeah, Bezos is out on all your popular VODs. 
so you know if you are interested in um amazon and jeff bezos this could well be the flick for you people it very well could be i don't think it's necessarily um as tight as you know is it jobs i think jobs is the the fincher steve jobs biography right i mean it's as sharp as that but it's interesting so there you go bezos and now people we speak with the producer and star of bezos right playing Jeff Bezos himself, <laughs> it is Armando Gutierrez. Very interesting conversation, people. So you will not want to miss it. Okay, people. So I am joined today, right? First conversation of the new year. And we have got Armando Gutierrez stopping by to talk about his new film, Bezos. And interesting fact, interesting fact, people, right? So back in, oh my days, when would this have been? Um, 2020, yes, because it was a start of COVID. So in 2020, we spoke to um, Otasia Abbott. If you remember, who wrote and directed a New York Christmas wedding, which was great. We really enjoyed that. Armando here was the executive producer of that film. So, Armando, thank you for stopping by. Really oh, thanks, Kevin. It. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm glad you saw Christmas, New York Christmas wedding as well. <laughs> Ah, I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I, I, I watched it and then um, I just reached out to, uh, um, you know, Atosia on uh, I think Instagram. And um, yeah, he was kind enough to um, stop by and give me his time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Because, you know, I think a lot of those Christmas films are just a little bit hokey. I'm you know what I mean? And just when you look at kind of a rom-com, it's not really realistic, right? So I enjoy the ones that actually kind of really show real relationships and interactions. And that's what I thought that film did very well. So yeah, it, it was really, um, it was nice to watch it. Nice oh, to watch well, it. Well, great, great. Well, I appreciate it, Kevin. And, and uh, I heard you saw the Bezos movie. I did indeed. I did indeed. Which very because I had no real knowledge of Bezos other than he's one of the richest dudes in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> he started Amazon. Um, was in the garage, like a lot of those, you know, big organizations seem to um start out at. And, you know, he went into space. <laughs> that, that's basically what I knew about old, um, old Jeff. But so this was really interesting, right? Now, yeah, I mean, it, it covers a portion of his life that, that the vast majority of people don't know about. Mm. And, you know, the fact that he was a Wall Street guy that, that 
just stumbled upon a statistic that showed that he, he, the internet was growing at over you know two thousand percent a year. Just it was something that that stuck with him because you know, nothing grows that fast. And um, he was had never started a business. It wasn't something that you know he he had thought about. Um, but his wife really pushed him, and he pitched the idea to to his mentor D. E. Shaw. Who uh, is you know very successful Wall Street guy, and um, you know you got to think at that point in 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 the world, the internet was just starting. I mean, you're talking about like modems. You're talking about mm. very 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 early years, and um, so transacting business and being able to actually buy stuff online is is not something that the average person was even you know considering. Um, but he didn't give up. He went, you know, decided to to, to leave his job um, with his wife. They they went out, tried to raise some money to start uh, what wasn't called Amazon. It was had several names before, <laughs> you know, Kadabra, <laughs> Relentless. I mean, he, he, yeah. was, he was like, oh, I think that's a good name. <laughs> but um, drum roll, drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, everybody, I've got it. We're calling it relentless because we're on a mission to start battles. <laughs> it's like, um, so look, there was a lot of discovery and then um, and then creating the technology, because at that point he had to create technology that would allow for for a transaction and e-commerce and then discovering fulfillment. OK, great. Now I sold the book to somebody across the country. How do I get it to them? How do I get it from the supplier? Oh, wait, the supplier wants you to buy 10 copies. I only sold one. <laughs> um, mm. So it's, it's a lot of the, um, the growing pains, but he didn't give up and he was very realistic. He knew that, that the company was going to lose money for a very long time before it would, it would turn. Um, but when it turned, boy, did it turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Like what, what led you to be involved in this film? And like, have you always had an interest in Bezos? Like, was, was it something that you, you know what I mean? Because I think there's people that we can look up to and, and we could, you know, go, there's some traits that person has that I would like, or I would like to make this business I have as successful as their business in our relative fields type of thing. So yeah, like, yeah, what, you know, how long have you been interested in Bezos and what led you to the film, man? I mean, I, I've always followed a lot of success stories of these entrepreneurs that, that started, um, you know, from zero. And the, this script that was written by uh, Alison Burnett, who wrote Underworld, um, you know, a bunch of very good movies and and R.V. Romero, you know, got, got my attention because it, it, it was an entrepreneurial story. It was the journey, you know, everyone knows the success, but the journey is what makes it interesting. Mm. And, um, you know, it, and obviously, you know, the fact that he was, uh, you know, raised by a Cuban father, um, like me. <laughs> so there was a lot of, of, you know, things of the story in the script that caught my attention. And, um, and look, he, he had a hundred opportunities to quit and he could have easily quit and nobody would have said anything because, you know, it was getting difficult for him, but, but the script, uh, you know, showed me that the arc, the emotion and, you know, to be able to dive into his character and portray him uh, was was beautiful. And I, I think I really enjoyed it. I think 
I, I think he, as a person, evolved from who he was when he started in, in New York to, to starting the business and taking the leap to having struggles, to getting attacked, to, you know, really having to toughen up and then, you know, constantly being questioned, well, you're not making money. Yeah, but we're growing, mm. <laughs> but you're not making money. You're going to run out. Actually, no, we're going to keep growing. And then when we do start becoming profitable, um, you know, we're, we're going to be the size of, of like some of the top 10 companies in the world. And he, he saw it. I believe he saw it from the very beginning. It's just he he didn't know how he was going to get there. And I think he had to pivot several times because, um, I mean, books is such a small percentage of what Amazon is right now. But well, um, yeah, it, it definitely shifted. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, and it's and funny enough, where they make a lot of their money now is is not in e-commerce, you know, in Amazon yeah. Web Services and uh, providing technology to to a lot of people, but um, in logistics. <laughs> But uh, but I do believe that the movie covers the parts that that you're not aware of, the parts that will fire up an entrepreneur to to go out there and and you know give it give it a shot. It's never going to hurt to try once to do something on your own. Um, if you have an idea for a business, look, everybody's had it tough, and if Jeff Bezos had it this tough and struggled, then then you can accomplish just about anything. You know, it's a it's it's amazing. So th so that's what caught me. I mean, I when you when you see the movie, you understand, you know, the the fire and ambition that that I got when when I read that script. Mm. I mean, I think his parents might have been a bit pissed if he had failed. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? That was a lot of seed money <laughs> in the nineties. Uh, yeah, that's that's like, I mean, and they. They say hey, it's our life savings, and yeah, he must have been thinking, "Shit, if I if I mess this up, I can never go home." Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> they're gonna be looking at me like, "Dude, but I had to, he, had, had to sell even, my house because of you." <laughs> yeah, even the um, you know, when it was gonna become profitable, right? I don't think they might have known that. They they might be thinking, "Okay, so we're giving this money, and we we'll probably get it back in a few years." It'd be like, wait, twenty years. Right? When we get our money back, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, you now you're gonna get, uh, you know, add, add several zeros to what you're gonna get back. Um, no, and, and I mean, and people don't realize one day, you know, if if Amazon ever decides to pay a dividend, you know, just the magnitude of 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 how much money they make now is it's just it's it's love, and I mean, you can't even fathom it, and um. And they're still growing at, at leaps and bounds every year. But but no, the, the story um, is very powerful. And I think you'll come out of that movie looking at yourself and, and wondering, you know, do I have any unfulfilled ambitions for, for starting a business, being an entrepreneur? You know, like at some point, you you know, you had that decision. Do I, do I go out and, and, you know, get into the media, you know, start my own show? It's like we've all had that question. I was not planning to to be an actor you know i was um in a completely different world and but i i saw myself being happy uh acting and i took a, i took a leap i took a journey and and it's extremely fulfilling so um yeah i, I just hope you all go out and watch the movie mm. now this isn't your first kind of biopic you've been involved in 
you know, you you wrote and uh, were in like walk before Mickey. So, you know, how did that experience differ to this one? It's they're very similar. Um, walk before Mickey was my was my first movie that that you know we we did from from beginning to end, and um, I I was learning along the way, <laughs> definitely learning, and um, it was but the the story was powerful, and I feel like. That that project, it kept getting blessed all along the way, and uh, and Walt, you know, like the right the my co writer Arthur said, I think halfway through filming, I think Walt wants this movie made. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, d just ignore what I said. And I'm like, Arthur, <laughs> like, what do you mean Walt <laughs> wants this movie? <laughs> and uh, you know, and and it's crazy because like the first day we're we're casting Walt before Mickey, um. Everyone's like, oh, my God, I didn't know Walt, Walt Disney was so broke. I'm like, oh, yeah, he was dead broke. <laughs> and um, and he kept going. And, and, you know, he went to California from Kansas City because he he wanted to start fresh, you know. And um, and his brother um, was was very supportive of him, you know, just just like in, in the Bezos movie, his wife and his parents were very supportive of him. Mm. Um, so, I mean, the support mechanism is very crucial to your success. And um, oh, yeah, we've seen in every every kind of version of this story, there's always been at least one person who's like the cheerleader, who's like helping that, you know, with that infrastructure, that scaffolding for the person to be able to do what they need to do. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, Walt before Mickey, you know, did great. It was it was, you know, still I still get messages all the time from from, you know, people that are moved by it and um you know, it was on Netflix for quite a bit of time. And, um, you know, I, I knew we were doing something right when we were doing the casting in the very beginning. And uh, one of the first people that came in to audition was was John Hedder, um, who played Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. And, and he was, I want to be Walt Disney. I'm like, I mean, first of all, can I get a picture with you? No, I'm um, <laughs> no, no it, it, it's like, it was like, oh my God, like we're doing something right if we're getting that level like that level of actors excited about this project and mm -hmm. um so we were very lucky from the beginning and then and then when we found tom to play walt um it just all fell into place it was the him and and you know and me play, i played up iWorks, which uh was an animator uh that worked with walt from the very beginning and it just everyone in the in the the scenes and the casting was was like perfect i was like my god this is like exactly what it was meant to be and um but yeah it's very similar because walt also had those early struggles and um you know had had the rug pulled from him several times and um Je jeff i think had the sim same kind of business struggles where you know some people wanted him to fail and we're you know putting roadblocks every which way um mm. to slow him down or see if he if he would just quit um but no, I, I think it's quite the opposite with with him. If you try and stop him, it's going to piss him off, and he's gonna he's gonna work six times harder. <laughs> and uh, and you see that a lot in Elon Musk. You know, like don't mm. don't tell me I can't do it. <laughs> um, so I think you know to be successful, yeah, you're people are going to tell you no, no, it doesn't make sense. It's and the, but if you keep on keep on keep on trucking, it's gonna you know eventually will turn and you'll find the path. I do believe that. Um, and it's not, and it's usually not where you start. It's usually not where you think will be successful, which is mm. funny. 
Well, yeah, I think to to have the mindset to be able to build something, you don't have the quit gene, right? You don't have that that part where you know you go, oh, that didn't work. Guess it's done. Like that's not a thing. You will put in the hours. You will, you know what I mean? You'll work for free, right? You'll do all the things necessary to build that thing. I think we've seen it in Jobs. We've seen it in, you know, Henson. We've seen it in Musk, right? Just all of those sorts of people. Rogan, you know what I mean? Like all of these people, Dana White, have that mentality of, no, we're putting in this work. And, you know what I mean? Sometimes maybe not the bluntest of people, right? But they kind of do the things that a lot of people would do if mm -hmm. they didn't care about perception a lot of the times. Yeah, I mean, perception... It... Oh. Hmm. Ah, just that pesky internet. Okay. Oh, it's ah. okay. <laughs> yes. um, no, I mean, yeah, the how things are perceived um, can create can create fear, and fear is is a very powerful, you know, uh, distraction from from you know going after things and chasing ambition, um, and you know it's it's easy to to, to let fear in and. And oh well, I can't. I'll fail. I'll you know talk yourself out of doing things, but um, but you can't. You can't let fear get in. I mean, the, mm. it's it's a uh, you need to stay on the positive completely, and you need to stay on on what you're trying to accomplish, um, and not get distracted. And I think the Walpy for Mickey and Bezos both show that. Yeah, like how did you? kind of get into the ben, the, the, the Bezo mindset? Like, how did you kind of inhabit the character? Like, what did you have to read and watch, you know? Because I guess there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, press conferences and, you know, probably TED Talks and that kind of thing. But, yeah, what helped you kind of become Jeff? Um, his early, probably his earliest interviews when, you know, he, he's just a guy wearing a suit, you know, just excited about the internet, excited about, you know, his emerging business. Um, you know, still very, I, I still think he was so, somewhat naive in the early years, um, you know, compared to, to, uh, you know, now he, he's extremely well-read, extremely knowledgeable of just mm. about everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of his footage, a lot of his interviews. Um, I read a lot of the stuff he's, he's written. Um, and, and I think that kind of got me there. Plus I also studied the locations of where he grew up. Um, you know, kind of, uh, the, the backdrop of, of his family, his grandfather, you know, just critical people in his life, his brother, um, his his wife, it just you know, the the hardworking Cuban dad, the the mom who is extremely supportive, and and yeah, I mean, just every every little bit added to to me finding the character and and his arc because the Bezos in the beginning of the movie is different than the Bezos at the end of the movie. 
Yes. I I I kind of felt early phases seemed nicer. You know what I mean? Like I think just well it's difficult, right? Because I think we see certain interactions and if we had seen similar interactions at the beginning, would he have been the same person type of thing? Because it was just like, there's that, you know, you've got the scene with his wife and then you've got the scene with about the foundership, which not, not the best endorsements of him as a, a decent person. Like business savvy wise, you know, the foundership, you can be like, yeah, no, I can't, you get it when it boils down to the, you know, bolts of, of a conversation and everything like that. But when someone's like helped you so much, you'd be like, all right, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do this thing. You know what I mean? So, but it's interesting because all of those things are part of who someone is. Well, it's funny that, that so the, the character that's portrayed in that specific scene is portrayed by um, an actor named Nick Friedman, who, who's also a successful businessman. He started the company called College Hunks. Okay. And, uh, you know, that. it's a, a very, very successful business in the United States. And um, he had been through similar journeys, um, you know, because it's there's there's no there's no uh foundation when you're starting a business mm. there's not like oh there's no employee protocol there's no you know oh there's no hr department hr i am the hr department <laughs> it's you know there there's and no you know it's a lot of gray area and you know i think nick nick uh that's what attracted nick to that character i think when when he read that i'm like oh my god so i could relate to this and um but you know, I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to give away the the bits of that story yeah. for for the audience because uh, I want you to watch the movie. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the struggles are not always external. Mm, and mm. when you have a business and you're you're trying to even just get off the ground, the struggles can be internal, can be the people around you, could be the people out, you know, external, um, co competitors. And I think the this, that's why the script took a good analysis of the internal and external struggles that it took to, to just get Amazon off the ground. You know, it's, it wasn't just about the, a good name. It was a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> the whole naming situation throughout is just like. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and it's funny because I, I do see a lot of common things in, in, uh, in the history of the origins of some big companies is um, they weren't always named what, mm. what you think. I mean, like Mickey mouse was, was not named Mickey mouse. They were, they were going to name him Mortimer mm. and you know, Tesla was not named Tesla. You know, Elon Musk went out and bought that name and said, okay, we'll call it Tesla. So um, I think, I think, you know, if, if Bezos would have gone live calling it Cadabra, I, <laughs> I don't mm. think it would have come across how it did, you know? Um, so just things like that, that, that you're like, man, you know, name is extremely important. The team is very important, but the name yeah. is also very important. Yeah. There, there's a lot involved, which was one interesting thing, because it did seem 
like there was an idea, but not necessarily a fully fleshed plan. No. Right? Which are just like, you know, which why I could understand why his mentor was just like, I don't know, because it was just like, if, if you're not coming with a, you know, a proper framework, how can someone really back you? You know well, what you I mean? Got, yeah, well, you got to think his mentor was already extremely wealthy, extremely yeah. successful. And the, the wealthier you get, the more risk averse you become. Yes. So I think it, it was 50% risk and 50% I don't want to lose Bezos mm. from, from my company. Because if he goes out to try this pet project, he may not come back. Yeah. And um, he didn't realize by not supporting him, just cemented him leaving. Um, but I think history would have been very different if if uh, if he would have invested in, in Bezos and Amazon or Kadabra at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it would have been very different. And I think the, the wealth uh, spectra there would have been very different. You know, I, th I think Bezos would have been extremely wealthy anyways. Um, but, uh, but I, who knows? I mean, who knows if it would have been the same, same thing, you know? Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think that's the thing, right? Because adversity can create, you know, huge things, right? And if there wasn't that, would it be the same, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you're building muscle, you're kind of tearing muscle and when it heals, it's getting stronger. Right, which is kind of that thing. It's like you go through something crazy, which then go makes you go, you know what? Nah, that can't happen again. Or I'm not going to put myself in that situation again. Right? Yeah. I need to be here. I need to do this. I should put that in place. Right? And so it's those things that without them, would he have pushed, you know, Kadabra to be what it is today? You know, you'd be like, I don't know, right? It is, it's intriguing in that respect, but it kind of, you know, these sorts of things make sense when you see where some, you know, where someone has now got to. You'd be like, okay, so these were the things that kind of pushed you into that, like made you have that drive to become this thing. Exactly. And that that is a common thread I've seen in a lot of startup stories, that the the journey, the struggles, um, change the fiber of who you are, and that formula, whatever it does become, is what was necessary to to succeed. Mm. And and I do think that there is a common thread with with a lot of the entrepreneurial stories that I've seen, because um, most of them don't start out, you know the the way they they end up and and their personalities change a little bit um you know I, they're all dreamers that's that's a, they're all dreaming of something whether it's a big enterprise or or a, a movie you know james cameron thinking of the avatar world you know like a lot of these these successful people are, are dreamers of something and you know it just makes you think like if you go back to when george lucas was crafting up star wars i'm sure people are like <laughs> explain this to me again so a space opera so it's it's happening in space and uh yeah this character he's a jedi and you know you you, you would have been like but now now that you actually can see what he was visualizing you're like ah 
Yes. Mm. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so many people lost their jobs because they didn't see it. Right. And be like, uh, you know what? You can have the advertising, <laughs> the merchandising. We don't need that. You can have that. <laughs> it was just like that person, boy, didn't go well for them. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what do you mean we don't own the figurines? No, no, he yeah. he got to keep that. You didn't want it. Yeah. I didn't want it. Like, just imagine that conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and I think a few of the actors took, like, deals to be like, um, yeah, you'd give me money on the back end. Um, yeah, they took the deals. So, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll take money later don't have to pay me as much upfront type of thing, which worked out very well for them as well. So there's, there is that level of risk with certain things that some people seem to be able to, you know, see the opportunities. Some people can't necessarily, or just don't want to take the risk. Yeah, no. And, and at that time it was very, very risky. You know, if you would have asked them up, to for the same deal on the second star wars and be like uh not gonna happen <laughs> um but uh but no i if you go back a lot of actors and, and directors and producers have taken risks in movies that you know were, were not expected to succeed but did succeed mm. so um so i have i have seen that i've seen some some people that had a lot of struggles to make a movie um whether financial or or just getting the right actors and then when the movie comes out and starts winning trophies, everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> um, so, mm. But that's the journey. I mean, that's the journey for all of us. That's, you know, we're all trying to succeed in our, our own little worlds. And, um, you know, the path, the path is what makes it interesting. So, yeah, no, I think definitely. Right. Because you, I think you learn so much on that journey, you know, I mean, like, I imagine, you know, as you said, like Walk Before Mickey was the, the first thing where you from beginning to end. So, you know, that it's probably difficult, but then the things you learn, you know, help on the next project and help mm -hmm. give you the insight to do more things further on, you know, be like, oh, I really enjoyed writing or, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the production, you know, producing or these are the elements that I actually want to put my time into or, you know, okay, so I need this amount of time to do that process, right? Because mm -hmm. last time we were cutting it real thin, you know, so it, it's those sorts of things that you, you learn and you'd be like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. Right. No, and, and it's it's funny because because Kwa Kwa Le, the director of, of Bezos, is also the director of Walt Before Mickey. Mm. So um, you know, we would joke around like, man, you know, things we've come a long way. It's like because uh, you know it, everything starts flowing and um creatively and, and on the business side with, with you know producing a movie. But um but no, I mean I, I I'm glad you and you you got to see it, Kevin, and uh, and you know we're here for you, and I hope everyone you know watching and listening goes out and sees it, and um, and yeah, thank you for for everything. And if you guys have any questions, I'm I'm on Instagram. You can reach out to me, and I'm happy to communicate with everybody. Well, no, I I think there's gonna be that interest because it's like there's certain people that. Kind of just in the zeitgeist, as it were, 
right? They're involved in so much stuff that we do. And I think so many people buy things from Amazon, yep. right? And even if you're not buying things on Amazon, right? It's because I, you know, I've got bad eyesight. So reading books, that's, you know, a big issue. But I've been a member of Audible for years. I love Audible. You know, Amazon own Audible. Right, like I, I, I read a lot of comic books. They now own Comicsology, right? And then they've got, you know, well, they just brought MGM, <laughs> which was yeah, just James like, Bond. I mean, yeah, IMDb, <laughs> Whole Foods. I mean, you know, it's uh, no, they're they're rapidly expanding. They're always looking for for um things that plug into to what they're doing, and um, yeah, I mean that that's that's why I hope that uh a lot of people have an interest in seeing you know where where it all began mm. yeah no def definitely i think i think you yeah you are just kind of like yo how did this become this and then i think also it's just like that whatever you do right it, you know whether it's you're just in your nine to five job or you've got a business that you're trying to build right you <laughs> might be like well, I'm not trying to be Amazon, but how did they get to here? Because it's always interesting seeing that because there's bits that you can take and utilize in your journey. Or you look at a, a CEO, right? Uh, a, an entrepreneur and think, how did they become successful? I'd really like to know because, you know, is there things that I could be doing? Is there things I'm not doing? Like, should I get, do I need to pick up new skills? So watching these sorts of, you know, journeys, they're roadmaps as they were. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it's this unique thing that the, you know, internet has given us because, you know, I think back in the day, there was only so much stuff out there, so many films and TV. But now it's opened the door. So you've there's more opportunities for people to tell these great stories, right? Mm -hmm. So now we can see these people more and we can get those insights. So I think it's just like this is just another addition to that arsenal of information that is out there so it's great well th thank you kevin i appreciate the you know the the vote of confidence and you know i hope i hope your audience you know will, will enjoy the movie and, and learn something from it so no i i'm i'm sure um yeah i'm look i'm i'm sure they definitely will i mean what surprised you the most about like this whole journey you know, from what you may have known, at, you know, with before the project to making the project, like the, the biggest kind of revelation about Bezos and the Amazon journey. I mean, everybody knows who, I mean, the vast majority of people know who he is or recognize um, the name, but people did, did not know um, that first of all, that the big one is people did not know Amazon was not called Amazon. Mm, yeah, I, think I definitely did not know that. So that that was, was I mean, even even some Amazon employees didn't know, you know. <laughs> and uh, but 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 the universal appeal has been interesting. It's it's um oh I mean that that's I mean I want to know about his struggles. That's interesting. I mean, 
um, you know, what, you know, how involved were his parents? How involved was his wife? Um, very involved. <laughs> she was, she was there from the beginning. I mean, like it's, um, it's just things, uh, how, how, uh, ambitious was he? I think he was ambitious, but I think he got way more ambitious as the thing took off mm. and, you know, he's still a dreamer. He's still a dreamer now. Look, he's going to space. He's doing yeah. things that, you know, that uh, as a kid, he must have thought, oh, my God, it'd be so cool to fly on a ship. And um, well, so, he yeah, I mean, I def- expanse off of sci-fi, didn't he? Remember, Sci-Fi Channel canceled it. He loved the show. So he's just like, eh, fuck it, we'll make it, which is insane. <laughs> right? <laughs> Imagine that. Your favorite thing ends and you just be like, all right, I'll finance it. That's no problem. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, if if you had over a hundred billion or one hundred and fifty, <laughs> whatever the bill yeah. it is, and you really wanted something like a soda, a soda that you've had every day and it gets canceled, you you'd find a way, Kevin. You'd be like, I mean, I I guess I could just manufacture it for myself. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, when when money is no object, then there's there's uh, you know, you have the ability to go after things that you really want, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you one one thing, Amanda, because like you're also a producer on the film, right? Yep. Now, what does that entail, and how tricky is that, as well as being the star? Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, it's wearing a, a bunch of different hats. Um, I think this one, I, I was very very i'm I'm in almost every scene so it's a different level of of um versus on some prior movies i i you know was in every third every third or fourth scene so i had the ability to to be producer versus actor you know pretty clearly um you know and so, sometimes i'd be, i'd be uh i'd be in in character and i would notice some something wrong with uh something on the production and I'd be like, okay, I can't, don't do it, Armando. Don't do it, don't do it. And then I'd, <laughs> I'd call one of the other producers, like, <laughs> like whisper whatever it is. And then they, they would do it. I'm like, okay, I think that's that's a better process right now. Because I don't want to like get out of the Bezos mode to to jump into the re- the real life at that mm, moment. Mm. Um, but that was only the first couple of days. I think after after a couple of days that I was just strictly in Bezos, I was, I was, I go to. I was going to Starbucks as Bezos. It was like I remember walking around. We were filming at at um at a at a college campus, and I wanted coffee, <laughs> and I wanted hot coffee, and I, I was wearing the. I, I was bald, um, and I decided I'm like you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to Starbucks as as Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and. It was people were like, oh my god, you know, how long have you you've been like that with your hair and like, um, but I just I played along and I'm like, no, I this this is all flowing. It makes sense now, and um, you know, because he he you know when he started his company, he had a full head of hair, yeah. like he he had hair, and <laughs> whether it was stress or whatever, it's you know, because um, some people are like, wait, but I thought Jeff Bezos was bald. He wasn't always bald, <laughs> um, but but no, I, I 
I I was able to disconnect to focus on on the acting when I needed to, and um, you know, I I think if it would have been my first movie, it would have been much more difficult. But mm. I kind of have have an idea of how things start flowing, and and it's always the first or second day of production that are the most difficult because everyone's getting to know each other, you know, kind of s seeing everyone's like timing on things. Okay, how long is this is this going to take X minute of time? By day two, three, four, you kind of know everybody and and have a good feel of how things are going to move but um you know also the same thing happens with the actors because if you're reading cold against somebody and and you know I, I i don't know how your your reactions are kevin or you know um you know if you internalize them if it's in your eyes if it's you know your your physical mannerisms uh because some actors do different things um, but after a couple of days of working with somebody, oh, you, you kind of figure them out and you can read them and, and respond against them. So, mm. um, so I think, yeah, I think that, that finding that groove of the balance of, of actor producer, um, you know, was, was fun on this one, definitely. But it also, it also helps having a great team because having a great team of producers that, that are there backing you up, that are also very creative, um, helps a lot because you know you cannot one person cannot make a movie you need a team yeah no question about it um yeah uh -huh. and how did you kind of formulate the relationships with the rest of the cast because you know what i mean like with mrs bezos right you're in a lot of scenes together and you're doing all of this stuff and you have to show that you know that different aspects of the relationship all the way through so like do you spend time before shooting to to talk and hang out to kind of formulate that kind of that bond you know do is it similar with the rest of the cast like how was all of that well qua the director and and um and some of the other producers you know they they took us they took us they took everybody out to dinner the you know so so we got to to talk and meet and um i mean the the actress that portrays mackenzie um is is amazing she is like on point with acting i mean she got into character she was mackenzie in the movie <laughs> and um so i think that that obviously makes the the level of, of performance um better for everybody around her so so yeah, I think it, it was, you know, Ed Arenas that 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 did casting and uh, just they did such a good job finding the right people for for every role. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Marcus Lamonis that plays D. E. Shaw, <laughs> um, he he's he was on point. You know, it was just like perfect, perfect casting. And um, Emilio Stefan that plays Miguel Bezos, Bezos's dad, mm. was on point. <laughs> it was like it's just. You'll see. Yeah, I mean, the audience will see when they watch it. They're going to be like, wow, that's like on the money there. Yeah. No, there was... A, it, Kevin Sorbo was... Um, he plays Le Leonard... He plays yeah. Leonard Reggio, the, the founder of Barnes & Noble. Mm, which, I mean, it's... 
it's interesting to see Silverbone in things now to like when you think of those early days when you saw him as Hercules and you yep. know back back then. But uh yeah, definitely an interesting transformation there. Oh yeah. No, and, and he had oh he also had a fun character in this one. So um <laughs> yeah, so I think he uh yeah. he, he grabbed that one. He he's look, he, he know he's a great actor, he knows how to act and and uh, he jumped on that role, and and um, and you'll you'll see him. I mean, there's some very intense scenes between him and, and Bezos. Mm. Um, I don't want to get too too into it, but you know, you'll you'll see. <laughs> the the funny thing about all of that as well it is kind of um, Bezos became a little bit like him, and also because I believe didn't Amazon open up a brick and mortar bookstore? I mean, Amazon has a lot of brick and mortars now. I mean, they're, but, um, but I, I think he was quick to, to identify that, you know, they're, they're, what was working then will change. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like if, if, um, you know, a Titan of today, that's the number one in an industry meets the guy who's 30 years younger who has the clear vision of what that industry will be 20 years from now. Um, there's no guarantee they're going to understand each other. Mm. And, and um, you know, I, I mean, if Henry Ford met Elon Musk, you know, like that, that's how I like envision it. <laughs> like, you know, yes, they would both understand quickly that, that they are Titans and industry uh, builders, but um. Would it be a would it be a different output? I don't know. I mean, and and I think that that was the the interesting part with when Leonard Riggio's you know is meeting Bezos. It's like you know it's two two different two different uh, ideas of what what the industry will be. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that I think we've been able to see it several times in our generation. Because, yeah. you know, when you look back in the day with, like, Tower Records, HMV, they were huge, huge. Yep. And you'd think, they'll never go bust. And they just didn't get, like, the, the, the internet and how people were consuming music. But iTunes, you know what I mean? They, Apple had that, and it blew up. Right. And it's yeah. just we Blockbuster. see these situations, you know, it's interesting. No, look at Blockbuster, Blockbuster video. Yeah. And then this, this, you know, uh, this guy, Reed Hastings, comes along with with an idea for for a whole nother way to, to, to get movies to people's homes. And, you know, he, he's Reed is a genius. He, he quickly identified, you know, how the world was pivoting, you know, to more convenience driven. Mm. And um, and then immediately was pivoting to streaming, and yeah. you know, Blockbuster years later decides to to follow what Netflix did, yeah. but it it was too late. I mean, the party the party already began, and uh, and you know, by that you know, obviously we're all big fans of Netflix, and and uh, but if you look at the opportunities that Blockbuster had, um, to have owned Netflix, <laughs> to to have been Netflix, mm. and they, they just didn't evolve fast enough or were open to, to evolution. And I mean, we, we all got to be open to evolution in whatever we do. And, you know, I'm sure when you started, Kevin, it wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't what it is now. I mean, now you've got so many ways to put the content out versus when you started, you know, you were, you were just happy to start properly. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh it's like me, the first movie, you know, I was like, I'm just, I was just happy. Somebody watched the DVD and now it's like, you know, now DVDs aren't the thing anymore. It's like, yeah, they're, they're still sold in some, some stores, but no, it's all digital. It's all streaming. Mm. You know, it's, it's what movies playing on the airplane. Like, um, so, so, you know, the world just keeps evolving and, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, of just walking every day through life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because what I think think the original company was love movies right and amazon bought them right which then became prime video so it's just like yeah there was opportunities for for blockbuster right people were making moves there was companies doing things that weren't there at the start but they were able to pivot but blockbuster were just like no we're good <laughs> let me tell you so something i learned from um she she was a, a university um president and she said something and this was i'm telling you this must have been 2005 when she said this um who's the disruptor in the room mm, yes and isn't that the truth mm -hmm. who's the disruptor in the room who's the disruptor in an industry who's the one that has the idea that that could really change everything and, you know, are they going to follow through? Because, great, you might have the idea. I want electric uh, engines on planes, but actually following through and executing on that. You know, just so, uh, but but I'll never forget that. Who is the disruptor in this room? And I'm just like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we've seen, like, I remember mini discs, right? That, was, that wasn't a bad idea. That was better. That I thought it was better than a CD. Right, because you could have so much more music on a mini disc than you could have on a CD. Yep. But it was one of those Betamax situations where Sony didn't open up to other organizations utilizing the tech and people quickly, and it was so quick to like MP3 then suddenly became the thing. Yeah. No, and, and and it's gonna evolve again. I mean, mm. you know, everything's gonna keep evolving. Like just how how video is formatted, how you know, just everything's gonna keep because people want a, a higher quality, faster, um, that takes less space, <laughs> that the battery doesn't run out as fast. I mean, it's just like <laughs> yes, you know, it's it's gonna keep evolving. I mean, it's no just look look at your iPhones, look at your computers, look at everything, it just keeps advancing. It's not going to stop. And um, yeah, I mean, but no, but Kevin, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. I, pre I appreciate it. And, and um, I'm happy to be on whenever, whenever you want to invite me. Yeah, man. Like, Hey, when your next project is ready. Yeah. Just, you know, let me know and we can have a conversation, you know, where, where can people follow you to, so they can keep up to date of what's happening in the world of Armando. Yeah, just I'm on Instagram. You can look me up, but uh, just search for Armando Gutierrez. And um, and yeah, I mean, uh, if you want to watch Bezos, it, it comes out on on Tuesday on on uh, Apple iTunes and Google Play and 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 Amazon. 
Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna find it on BarnesandNoble.com. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, honestly, that would be funny if if I log in one day and I see Barnes and Noble selling the movie, I, I would probably screenshot it and send it to you. <laughs> I'd be like, "Holy shit!" Um, now, some some a friend of mine sent it to me the other day, like. Armando, uh, the movie's for sale on bestbuy.com. I'm like, seriously, send this to me. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and do you have another project like in the pipelines to, uh, to go? Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, it's, it's difficult to, to follow up to, to something like this. So you got to, you know, like we've been searching for, for the right thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in between doing a, a fantasy movie or or a holiday movie, uh, but um, uh, but obviously you know with with movies a lot of things got to fall into place for them mm. to happen, and um, but yeah no I'll, I'll keep you posted on what the next one uh, when it, when the next one starts so so you could be right there with us. Outstanding man, outstanding. Well yeah no I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah it was real interesting to. Yeah, to watch what you did with Bezos, man. It was fascinating. Yeah, I was definitely intrigued all the way through to um, yeah, see you inhabit that character. Well, not even that person. Yeah, the character, you know, he's a real person, right? And and I think you did it a lot of justice. So, man, yeah, thank you for um, you know what I mean, bringing us this, and you know, obviously a New York Christmas wedding. You know what I mean? But well, so, thanks. yeah, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you. No, thank you, Kevin. And, and hope you have a great rest of the day. And, and thank you to all the fans for, for watching, Kevin. Appreciate it. All right, man. So, people, in the episode information, you will find, you know, links, all of um, Armando's socials. So, go follow Armando. Go watch the film. And, uh, yeah, great first interview of the year, man. Thank you. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it, and, and have a great day, and talk to you soon. All right. You too, man. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, people. So if you are horror fans, it is coming up to that time again, right? I'm talking about Final Girls Berlin, right? A film festival is excited to present its eighth edition with a full lineup including eight feature films 10 short blocks and a series of horror related events led by international genre specialists the program sheds light on among other things the horrors and pleasures of youth aging gender intimacy and queerness the festival will run from february the 1st to the 5th a day longer than usual how about that at city kino wedding and will include a virtual component right so they're committed to showcasing work by women and non-binary horror filmmakers the final girls berlin Film Festival has been listed as one of Movie Maker Magazine's top 50 genre festivals 
in the world and named among Dread Central's the best horror festivals in the world, right? So the feature films that will be showing is Raquel One One One. Um, yeah, it's the Berlin premiere. It's written and directed by Marina Bastos from Brazil. Um, so the gist is, after losing her mother in a tragic circumstances, Raquel, a religious teenager, moved with her father to a small town in the countryside of Brazil to start over. Quickly, she makes friends with a group of evan evangelical girls from a local church deepening into her spirituality and the pain of her profound traumas. During her first days in the new town, she also experiences a mysterious spiritual awakening, where she's given an important and controversial mission involving rewriting the Bible. With support from some and resentment from others, Raquel tries hard to find balance within a disturbing spirit spiral of faith, reason, and madness. Hmm. We then have Hatching, written and directed by Hannah Bergholm from Finland. Right, so 12-year-old um, <clears throat> gymnast Tinja is desperate to please her image-obsessed mother whose popular blog, Lovely Everyday Life, presents their family's idyllic existence as manicured suburban perfection. One day after finding a wounded bird in the woods, Tinja brings its strange egg home, nettles, nestles it in her bed and nurtures it until it hatches. The creature that emerges becomes her closest friend and a living nightmare, plunging Tinja beneath the impeccable veneer into a twisted reality that her mother refuses to see. Ooh. Polaris, also making its German premiere, is written and directed by Kirsten Carfew from Canada. Set in 2101, against the backdrop of a subarctic wasteland, Sumi, a human child raised by a polar bear, narrowly escapes capture from a brutal Morad hunting party. When Sumi stumbles across a frozen girl, an unlikely friendship is forged. Together they race ahead of the vindictive hunters towards the only guiding light Sumi knows, the Polaris star. Um, there's also Husser, um, directed by Michelle Gaza Savera, um, co-written by Savera and Abia. Castillo, uh, it's a Mexican film, right? So Valerie's joy at becoming pregnant with her first child is quickly taken away when she's cursed by a sinister entity. 
as danger closes in and relationships with her family become fractured, she's forced deeper into a chilling world of dark magic that threatens to consume her. A group of witches emerge. That could be her only hope for safety and salvation, but not without grave risk. We then have Sissy, right, which is directed by Hannah Barlow and Kane Sens. Um, they both also co-write the film. It's Australian. Um, Cecilia has perfected her online persona, doling out self-care advice with easy confidence to her many social media followers and seemingly having it all together. However, the truth is her online life is a mess. Offline line, it is a mess. When she bumps into her childhood best friend, Emma, Emma spontaneously invites her to a bachelorette party in a remote cabin. Cecilia reluctantly agrees to come in that hope of reconnecting, and that's where the trouble really begins. That's a great one. We covered it last year, um, as it's on Shudder. Then there is Celia, um, written and directed by Ann Turner, another Australian film. Um, I think this is an older film as well, from 1989, right? So this is Melbourne, Australia, 1957, seen through the frighteningly clear window of a child's eyes. When Celia's next-door neighbours are hounded out of town for their political beliefs and her beloved rabbit is taken by the government in a statewide muster, her world is threatened and Celia learns that she must either give in or fight back. She fights back. There's Nightmare, also making its German debut. It's written and directed by Kajersti Helen Rasmussus. It's a Norwegian film. Um, Mona and Robbie are a young couple in love. Robbie has just landed his dream job, and they've scored an amazing deal on a spacious, if run-down apartment, Neither, never mind that it requires quite a bit of renovation, never mind the neighbors consistently fight and screaming baby, never mind that Mona is suddenly plagued by night terrors which grow more intense every time she falls asleep. Robbie is eager to start a family despite Mona's hesitations. Eventually, Mona's issues spiral dangerously out of control as she becomes convinced that she is being attacked by a mythical demon, the mayor, intent on possessing her unborn child. Bum, bum, bum. There's also Watcher, directed by Chloe Okuno who co-writes with Zach Ford, right? It's um, US, UAE, and Romanian film. A young American woman moves with her husband to Bucharest um, and begins to suspect that a stranger who watches her from the apartment building across the street may be a local serial, serial killer 
decapitating women. Hey, oh my gosh! So yes, there is a number of short programs, um, female facts. Uh, there's body horror. Um, there's men avassing. Oh, I can't read. Menacing presences. Uh, close to home. Creatures. Bodily autonomy. Queer horror. And, oh, no, midnight. And young and deadly. Oh, and high tension. I'm, yeah, just rubbish. Okay, so, um, yeah, you have all of that. We will be covering the shorts on the podcast. There's a tarot workshop led by Isabella Coburn. Um, Somatic Sabbath. A workshop led by Carrie McIlwaine. Um, to Dance in the Flame, Dissident Sexuality in Mexican Post-Millennial Horror. A talk by Dr. Valeria Villegas Lindeval. Um, it's pretty deadly. Right, Self-Defense Against Zombie Hordes, a workshop led by Natalie uh, Crivelli. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, people. If you are a fan of horror, then this is definitely a festival for you. So, Final Girls Berlin, the 8th edition, takes place the 1st to the 5th of February. Right, links are um, on the website, so definitely go check it out. Okay, people, so there you go. The end of part two. And um, you know what I mean? As I said, how, how great was Armando, right? Really interesting insights. And uh, yeah, you want to know what he's going to be doing next. So make sure you go to um, the webpage. We've got all the links and whatnot there. So, yeah, definitely go check that out. You know what I mean? And, yeah, Bezos, man. I, I, There was so much stuff I had no clue about. So that's always interesting, right? So, yeah, you know, film drops next week. So remember to go check that. And... Remember, it's a two-parter, our first of 2023. So make sure you go check out part one. We um, look at what the Harbringer, the outfit, and Alice Darling, which is hitting cinemas right now. So plenty to uh, entertain you people, share with your peoples. If you've got any comments, let me know, right? But uh, yeah, go check out the YouTube. And um, until next week, peace.